this idea of like each of the attachment types having their dominant center sort of off on its own, not really talking or integrated with the other centers. It's almost like I think that like those types are doing that, like basically like the three has sort of grafted on a fake part. Jesus. Ouch, dude. (laughs) (laughs) The big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self-president with five-wing, four-five-eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-president sexual, nine with one, nine-seven-four trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight-wing seven, sexual self-president with eight-five-four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self-president social three-wing four with a Six nine trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe us on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Welcome back to the Big Hormone Enneagram. We're continuing where we left off with Courtney bringing the pain with object relations. Uh, we are getting started with Type Five, and then the attachment types three, six, and nine. Real quick, some of y'all have asked whether we have a Patreon page or if you can send donations in. If you want to support the show, you can PayPal us a donation of whatever you choose at bhepodcast at gmail.com. That's bhepodcast at gmail.com. Let's go to five. So, uh, <laughs> five. <laughs> so five experiences rejection of the nurturing function and of the protecting function. And so there's this severing of both body and heart. And Hey, John, sorry, just because I have some twos that I know in my life. So the other thing I would sort of say is that like part of the like, they can never be appreciated enough is there. And look what I've done for you. I've given up my, right. really, like, I, I don't, ex- I don't do anything outside this world for you. And so the constant sort of like affirmation or martyred, like that is about that sacrifice that actually they want acknowledged. So it's like, they're saying I I sacrifice doing anything for myself. Like I'm doing everything for you. Yeah. I, I sacrifice being my own independent being with my own agenda and my own confidence and capacity to do something in this world. But nobody. usually nobody asks them to do that that was how they chose to respond right right that's how they chose to make sense and manage the fact that when they tried to do that no one was there for them to help them right Mm -hmm. yeah this is some deep shit (laughs) (laughs) this is is fun (laughs) it's like if you understand this and the whole type makes sense the yeah. whole thing makes sense once you get like this is why yeah. this is why it's so desperate this is this why is, there's so this is the last episode of the podcast <laughs> this is the finale yeah this is the, we're done and part um, of me wants to talk about how like wings uh, we don't have time for that, that but like that might be how, a future that'd yeah. be interesting because i i feel that tunis rear its head sometimes where i'm like i do everything for you and people are like i never asked you that and i'm like oh 
So anyway, continue. So before I was so rudely interrupted, <laughs> court, type five, uh, re- you know, uh, so rejection of heart and body, right? Double rejection type. And there's like, I don't know how to be in the world. And so, you know, I become, I, I sever my body and my heart and I just become head. And, um, you know, avarice is, I think, typically misunderstood. It's this, you know, sense of, like, I am so without, I'm so limited, I'm so diminished, because from this point of view, that's true, like, they've severed themselves so much. And so everything feels like a demand, everything feels like it's going to, like, totally, and like, not just overwhelm me, but like, annihilate me. And I need to pull back, like the four, I need to, like, who's the, you know, double frustration, you got double rejection, like, both are like about pulling back from the world. Like the world or the material, whatever, has like nothing to offer me. And, you know, just like the four going deep, but through the lens of the mental center and, uh, you know, hyper focus. It's like the five has said, I agree. The only way I can exist here and be here is actually by not existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Which I'm needs to, to be see differentiated it. from the the nine version of that, right? Well, well I'm starting to see like the withdrawn types, like the four mm. saying that I I can't exist in this world, and the five saying a similar thing, but from a different center. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and so that's that's interesting. And let me tell so, you, when you got a five wing, oh, it's this cherry mm. <laughs> <laughs> on top. <laughs> <laughs> And, but also you can sort of see that, you know, like in relationships, how different that's going to play out. Like for the four to engage is to risk losing the sense of self that has been so carefully curated and nurtured and developed all by themselves. And the five, it's like, look, we made an agreement. Like the way we exist here so that we don't have to really talk about what's going on underneath the wounds that are happening is to be in the relationship, but to not be in the relationship at all, to do both. Hmm. Because we prefer, we agreed that was better. I agreed that was better, a better, um, better poison to drink than having to acknowledge and confront over and over again that you're not seeing me and you're not helping me function in the world. Mm. This is why five to me makes sense. This corroborates five as like a quasi autism, right? It's a cutting off mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not being present in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also like it's not it's not hurtful, and it's not even like no. trying to protect themselves. It's like this is how we agreed we'd do it. Like <laughs> this is how I understand this to work. You know. I'm not actually supposed to be in this for you or you for me. Um, Damn. Yeah. And yeah, my, like my dad's a five and I know a lot of, you know, fives pretty well. And there's a, there's a way that at least my experience is that fives can um, impose like a, like an idea of a relationship over an actual relationship. And so in a sense, it's like they might be fulfilling like the demands of being father or being whatever, but they're more operating on a more fundamental level from the sense of, hey, we agreed I'm not really even here. Can you say a little bit more how, how have you seen that play out? Well, yeah, it's like, 
you know, like if you get like a six wing with a five, you know, like my dad's got a six wing, you know, there's, there come, there comes these internalized expectations of how one ought to be. And so it's like a conflict between, I don't really exist and I need to be doing these things. Mm. And, and so like, I'll just see like, I'll see five sometimes being the partner or being the friend or being the parents, but in a, in a kind of robotic way where it's like, they're not really there, you know, they're mentally occupied and they might be like fulfilling or checking off the box of what they ought to be doing. But it's like, you can, you know, there's that absent five quality where it's like, I'm not really fully existing. That's interesting. It's like participating, but actually not. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also being told the way to participate is not is to not participate. You know, there it's a more it's self protective for the four. For mm -hmm. the five, it's like alien. You know, to do it any other way, it just does. It's not logical. This is how we decided we were going to do this. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> uh, so it's like you're you're asking me to do it's not even that I like this is I can't do it like I don't want to do it it's like I, you're asking me to do something that I just have it's never occurred to me I've never been asked to do it before I've never like this is just not how the game is played so there's this refusal right but it doesn't it's not a charged refusal in the same way that the four has you know the like slamming the door as you like leave you know the like it, it doesn't have that frustration and sort of that Ilaria quality like this is what? like <laughs> this is really this is really drama this is really high drama because there's a lot at stake here it's my fucking self here like it's my soul so don't even like right. ask me to do this the five it's this like kind of like opaque like it's not I'm trying to like think of like it's like asking me to fly and it's like what like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know what i mean totally. like i didn't well, i'm not i'm not supposed to know how to do that like <laughs> are you asking me that <laughs> which is a kind of pre-rejection right of everything does that make sense say more I'm, I'm not really clear well i'm not supposed to know how to do that is kind of like i've pre-rejected all of reality <laughs> like <laughs> Like, I'm not supposed to, so I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a way. Yeah. But it's, again, it's not, it doesn't have that emotional charge of four. Right. It's just, a, it's just a, a, a an uh, impassive turning away or something or a wall. Yeah, and I think that's right, because it's like, if you think about like why it's happening, it's like, I would rather do that than experience the wound. And so the way I'm going to make sense of this is to sort of like adopt your logic of like, you didn't see me. And instead of experiencing that as like a pain that I need to, you know, feel and address, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to assume that that, that didn't, that wasn't on the table to, to begin with. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're right. I don't exist. And oh, you're right. Like the, I'm not supposed to, no one can let, help me figure out what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to break up with you before you break up with me. Yeah. Or I've already broken up with everybody in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the world is disinvited. 
it is actually a as as um, David was saying, there is a protective quality to it. It's just sort of like anticipatory in a way that's like a little different than the four. Yeah, head, that makes head, a lot of sense. Head types you'd kind of call anticipatory in general, right? Mm -hmm. In a way, it's like how am I going to navigate reality? Yeah, so. one one thing that really stands out to me about five that just kind of comes off weird is that like within the context of fives submitting their typing videos and watching a five making the effort to describe themselves like oh you know they're talking about their interests so they're talking about their interests and all of a sudden it's like there's a cutoff point where it's like i'm but no we're not we're the, the assumption is that i'm not even supposed to be doing this or no one would even uh either understand or care and it's like you're doing this thing which is trying to talk about yourself but then saying but then just like cutting it off um so it's i, I see that pattern over and over again where a five will be talking about something and then they just you know just abruptly stop the explaining or just like oh there's this part that you you will never know about <laughs> and it's just like where did that come from you know just like the starting assumption is that I'm not even here. You can't see me and nothing in this world can help me figure out what I'm supposed to do. So just to see that the effort of trying to even talk about yourself is like trying to talk about something that doesn't exist. <laughs> and, and another piece of it is that you're cut off even from your emotional experience of that. Yes. Whereas nines are sensitive about the not being seen, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into our juicy attachment types then. Yeah. To get to the real dark town. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting to think about the attachment types like being this closed loop and all that kind of stuff. Like for me, like as I was trying to understand all of this, it was always so clear with the three what was going on. And then I could like apply the template and sort of like, if that's true for the three, then what would that mean about the six? Then what would that mean about the nine? For me, like really sort of all of the thinking about this happened because I am an attachment type and you guys would talk about it and it would just like not have any meaning for me. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, it like, I was like, what, why is this word being used? Like, how is it helping me see myself more clearly? Like it, it just didn't register. Courtney, we, and, we bring you on here and you just shit on our podcast. <laughs> I, just, I didn't think she would be the first one to throw bombs. But God <laughs> damn it. Nothing yeah. we say made sense to her. <laughs> well, well, we're I, happy to see that we, we created the impetus for you to get all this knowledge. So you're welcome. <laughs> so we'll take credit for this. <laughs> no, I really think that like it's it like is testament to like how each one of them is kind of like a mind fuck. Like a you know, like you just have these certain assumptions about the, how the world works. And because minor attachment, it doesn't have any meaning to me because it's like, I'm just sort of assuming actually that the way that I, which I'll get into is like how everyone approaches relationships and it's not at all. And, and so that for me, like, that's why I think really talking about it instead of just using these labels actually matters quite a bit because in particular for the type that you are, it's like, it's your water while everyone else sees it as like, you know, like mud. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, <laughs> that gets at one reason why sixes and nines sort of can't imagine, especially like the four and five space, 
like yeah. in, a, all, in a lot of these forums that they want to say, but they're human, so they can't be this rejecting of everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, you're exaggerating, right? Because attachment types think everybody does it the way they, they do it. That's part of attachment. Anyway. <laughs> Um, all right. So for attachment and also just like, whatever, this is just my, um, talking about myself, but I had to actually do the frustration and rejection types first in order to even like understand what was happening in the attachment. Like that's how foreign or sort of like un, um, unexcavated the concept was for me, uh, in my own self. Um, like like you only know the grammar of your own language sometimes until when you learn another language and mm, then you right. see the structure in contrast to what else was going on over there. But because you've sort of like soaked it up, you just, you can't, you don't even know it. So for the three, like the, the baby is sitting there, she's on her back, she's looking up, she smiles. And the mom doesn't smile back. And the baby, I don't even think says, you don't see me. I think the baby says, I don't feel seen. That's weird. Like yesterday I did. I wonder why. I wonder if I cried a little, would she see me then? I wonder if I started moving my arms, would she see me then? Maybe this is actually being seen and I just need to understand. I don't understand what being seen means. Maybe that's what's going on here and I just didn't understand it properly. The attachment type basically in response to the the not feeling seen refuses to acknowledge that it could be a failing on the part of the parent and instead says i should do something differently and then maybe i will feel seen it's adaptive right it's adapting to the to the yeah. parental yeah one thing that really struck me when courtney was first sharing this with me was I think you said something like, I will make myself okay with this. Like, (laughs) if I'm getting the level, if like, if this is what love is, like, I will make this level of love okay. Like, I'm going to make, I'm going to decide that this is okay. Or like, make my, like, somehow settle with this. (laughs) Do Do you know the thing that stands out to me in contrast to the other ones is that to be frustrated you'd have to know what you want and that what you're getting doesn't match up to what you want. Yeah. And it's such a crazy thing to assume when you're a fucking child. How do you, how the fuck do you know what you're supposed to be getting? Hey, (laughs) I knew. All right. (laughs) It's like a made up thing, right? So it's like with attachment, it's, it's more attachment seems more normal because you're a blank slate and whatever you get is what you get. And so it's almost like the other ones are the weird ones because to to give up on what you got as a child is like, that means that you somehow know what you're supposed to get or for the rejection type to to say that um, I'm just going to cut off the whole thing. That's a pretty extreme stance to take. But as a child, it's like <laughs> you would think that this is a blank slate and what I'm getting is what I'm supposed to be getting. So it actually makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah. that's why I that's why I think that's the explanation for why the attachment types are actually the most common because uh. it is like the least extreme, the least violent, the least risky sort of response. 
it is like, the most normal. Yeah, it's the most logical. Like if you imagine being a baby, I mean, like you can't survive, right? Without your parents. And so to be like a little baby and be like, fuck you, you just didn't give me what I need. Like who does that? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like your survival hinges on them. Yeah. And you and you and you are willing to put that at risk in a way yeah. that yeah. is really hard. So all the rejection and frustration babies died off. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they were being too difficult. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it would make life so much easier, right? <laughs> and the and the rejection types are not quite as like accusatory, but they're still pretty violent. They're just self-inflicting. Yeah. <laughs> and the attachment type is like, how can I keep this still very cozy and yet deal with this wound? I mean how do anyway. how can I keep both habits how can both coexist? It's fascinating to put it like this because one of the ways I think of sloth for the nine is um, I'll settle with this. And the attachment types, it's a certain kind of settling. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is good enough. Yes. Or I'm going to adapt to it again. Because why would you not? This is the universe. So I have to adapt. Yeah. Well, it doesn't necessarily feel like adapting when you're looking at it from the standpoint of a child because it's like, what's the precedent? Right. It's like, you know, this like, is what I have to do. So it's funny. You I know, do. it's like your your sense of self is still in development and you don't know what love is or what attention is. It's like, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to make it work or make this work seems like the most logical, normal kind of response that's an important <laughs> phrase that's an important phrase i'm gonna make this work yeah yeah, yeah. or at least i'm gonna try to make this work i mean i i kind of understand like initially if i'm not getting the attention that i i want that the to, to sit there and sort of figure out like well what happened maybe if i did this or maybe she's having a bad day or you know that seems like the reasonable response <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I always get so confused with people who have just the initial rejection reaction. It always blows my mind because I'm, I'm like, how, how are you so confident in the fact that this is how it is for you? I don't know. It just confuses me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just noticing how knee jerk that is, because when I sit here and I think about and I think through it, um, there are a lot of different factors that could be at play as to why a certain situation happens, but I, I recognize how I'm uh, immediately jumping to the conclusion that they don't care about me anyway. So if I, you sit down and you think about it, it's like, well, there are a lot of different, lots of different reasons why that this might have happened. Or maybe they had a bad day or, or whatever. But yeah, it's it's really interesting to actually think through it, see what makes sense. Like it makes sense to be to to, to try to make it it work <laughs> at least try yeah. to make it work if that makes sense but uh that it, it sort of uh really illustrates just how much how extreme frustration and rejection those stances are because <laughs> those don't make sense I agree. I agree yeah it took me multiple years of therapy to realize that um other people might simply just be saying things out of spite and not actually be helpful. Like, I don't always need to take in their recommendations. I'm like, oh, mm. my therapist was like, because like one, one time at work, my boss suggested that I do something a little different. And I was talking to my therapist. I was like, she's totally wrong. Why? I don't know why she's it. And she's like, you know, you don't have to take 
like mm. recommendations from people. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, like you're you're taking stuff on just almost like like there's this sense of it's like kind of like how it is. Like you, yeah. you take it on. I see. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, well obviously you say this and you are right, so I will do this. And it's like they're not always right. <laughs> yeah. God, that yeah, is there's a, a there's opposite. a real assumption of like the parent kind of being static for the attachment mm. types, right? Mm. And change is not possible on their side or it's not to be expected or not to be mm-hmm. like it's it's all over here on me these things mm. are poles these are poles on the ground that i have to work around work around and figure out how to develop a sense of self and how to function given how they what they do um that's an important distinction because in my head i'm thinking well they can change but for the attachment types it's like i have to change I have to make this work. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's something that really strikes me with, well, sixes especially because they're they're pretty active and get into situations that are frustrating, you know, situations that they want to get out of, but they're still trying in a way, trying to justify sort of um, a right and wrong stance, even as they're leaving, talking to my good friend uh, who's going through a breakup right now and she's dealing with uh, a horrible ex and was accusing her of all kinds of crazy shit. And on the call, she's trying to justify to my, to me and to herself, like, you know, I did the right thing. And I, and, and I'm, I was trying to tell him that I didn't do the wrong thing. And this is someone who's already broken up with her. And I just, I, in my mind, I was just thinking this person is practically dead to you. Like, why are you still thinking about, the accusations that they made towards you. And, and, mm-hmm. and so there's this way with, with the attachment types of always trying to make the thing work. Like mm-hmm. I have to be the one to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and even all the arguing, the arg- the, she's sort of doing an argument there and that's an attachment, right? Like the, right. yeah, the, the to and fro of it and the combativeness of six is sometimes how they're attaching in a way. Yes. Yeah. And and I think so. This is the other thing that like is the special mind buck of the attachment types is so you have this thing that we just sort of talked about this like relational this affect um, which is the attachment and what I think is happening for the attachment types is basically this is like an inability to individuate and. What happens, though, is that we all do need to individuate. And the ego is very, very invested in the idea that you are individuated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think something kind of additional happens for the attachment types, which, and I think this is an explanation for some of the ways they work for their, with their centers uh, differently than how, I mean, and I think that's like a whole nother call around sort of how the personality constructs and has the centers relate to one another. Um, The attachment types do that a little bit differently, right? Than the other types. And the reason I think they do it that way is I basically think that the attachment types are, they're trying to thread the needle of maintaining a false story of individuation while holding on to attachment and refusing to give that up. Hmm. And the way that they do this is different, 
I think for each of them, for the three, it's almost like what they decide to do is say, actually, not only am I just going to settle for this, I'm actually going to understand myself in the way that I've adapted. And the way you've asked me to show up, I'm now going to see that as myself. <laughs> and now I'm going to feel individuated because I have a sense of self. It just happens to be false. It happens to be actually it adapted in response to how the nurturing kind of caregiver figure what they wanted, what provoked, caused them to show up. And this idea of like each of the attachment types having their dominant center sort of off on its own, not really talking or integrated with the other centers. It's almost like I think that like those types are doing that, like basically like the three has sort of grafted on a fake heart. Ooh. Jesus. Ouch, dude. <laughs> Why'd you come on here to stab us today? What are you, what are you doing? Just like dagger Just to the heart. <laughs> murdering everybody. The, or my fake heart? I don't know. And and they and so they're they're gonna create this individuated self where the body and the mind and this fake heart work together and it's gonna feel autonomous, but it's a lie. And so that that lie can be sustained, they need to keep their real heart way far away from that. And they need to deaden it and make it not really pay attention. Because if it starts waking up, the jig is up. Well, then you're possibly separating, right? You're not attaching. Yeah, right? yes. This crisis of, of real individuation, which should have happened, it happens way too early, basically, for the one, seven, and four. and. For the three, six, nine, it now needs to happen much later. And because it's later, it's more of a pattern, so it's harder to detach. So it's like threes are having to cut off the heart, the real heart. Yeah, that like kind of numb it, keep it busy, and you keep a heart busy by keeping it quiet. Ouch! Damn. <laughs> You got to think about that one for a couple of years, man. I've been thinking about it for many years. Oh, God. That it's, is What's terrifying heavy. is when you're a three and you just literally have no idea why you've done anything in life ever. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's this, and that's why, I mean, I know you guys have spoken about it. This like, this like midlife crisis that's so kind of typical for a three, but it's like my whole life is a lie. You know, it's the waking up to the replacement that they've, the replacement of this heart, this fake heart that has oriented and helped them, like been the way they've understood themselves and the way they've understood the world is actually not real. Mm -hmm. And the real heart has been dampened for a really long time. So it's tempting to think that there's actually just nothing. And that's very, very scary. And it might feel better to stay with the fake one, whether the risk there being nothing. It kind of feels like uh, waking up in a life where there's a clone of you and you then have to take the clone spot. Mm. Wow. Dark town. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's great. 
Well, um, I'm going to go sleep on that depressing shit. <laughs> so you guys keep going. And I uh, can't wait to see what you have to say about sixes and nines. All right, gonna have a good, good night, Nancy. Okay, night. <laughs> night, Nancy. <laughs> sleep well. Well, I will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I mean, I'm actually like a pretty happy, joyful person to be around. I like. That's are actually you, not true. Are you? <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> No, this is really good stuff. This this, no, really, this is great. This yeah, is great. This really opens up the types. We of we love the dark. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just really, it just really sheds some light on. I mean, all the types, but threeness. I've had some episodes with some threes, and it's like the 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 diff, the separation between the real heart and the replacement heart really opens up that whole type structure for me of what that conflict is of wanting the 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 fear of really being affected in the heart space like for real versus like the the machine of this is what i gotta do so it's it uh it really illuminates a type for me in a in a, in a very different way that to see it at the root you know this is this is the thing this is the driver mm-hmm. and the real crisis that could happen that will happen and it, and it helps me understand some of the things that i've always felt um, just observing threes that I didn't really understand. Like there's a sense that I get from threes of over composure of kind of real time sort of reactions. And uh, regardless of how wild the three might seem, it seems like they just have it. To, they're, they're trying to keep it together in the moment, but it, it, it feels restricted in some kind of way. And I've always trying to figure out like, where, where is that coming from? Uh, but understanding that that there's like there's a sort of maintaining a replacement heart um going on really helps me understand like what why three seem kind of restricted in that kind of way and the sense of like fakeness or shallow all those things that the 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 three and maybe the attachment types more generally get accused of Mm -hmm. is is not wrong but it also doesn't register, right? Because they're kind of lying to themselves at the same time. Yeah. That's one of the things we noticed that we talked about on the three call is that for threes in the moment, they do actually believe that they're, you know, that they're meeting or matching that person. You know, they're actually taking that in. It's not like a three saying, well, I'm going to manipulate this person. And, and like, it's not a conscious choice. It's like, an, it's an actual real absorption of, or a replacement of realness that mm-hmm. uh, feels real to the three or the six or nine in the moment. Um, it's not, not to say that threes can't manipulate, but it's just the me- mechanism is real for them. And you can also sort of feel also like if you were like a little baby doing it thousands and thousands of times, how well-intentioned it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think that there's this sense of how each of the types handles the fact that they adapt and sort of makes sense of that. You know, I think, and that's why I talk about this like false heart for the three and having it kind of probably kind of calcified around, you know, what worked for my primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use, I'm going to identify that as me. Mm-hmm. And then they're still absorbing and still, you know, Uh, molding and sort of in order to create a feeling of connection in the moment because they can still take that information in and and still do that kind of machination 
Um, but I think the three understands that more as like a skill, like something that they're doing to function in the world and the false heart stays still. Then so they can sort of stay still. I still know who I am, even though I can do this, I can get along with lots of groups and, you know, or like, you know, whatever, I've got lots of different relationships. That's, that's just me, like, you know, being cool in the world. Like it's, I still, I still have a sense of self that is uh, stronger and more individuated than that. And that is the harder piece, I think. So, like, and I think that there's varying degrees, actually, depending on like what their instinct stacking is and what their trifix is, like how much they, so where they are on sort of like the, how calcified it is around like an identity, probably that's um, oriented toward a primary caregiver versus a willingness to sort of adapt sense of self and how in touch they are with that. Like, I think that there's probably a continuum for threes, depending on this other stuff, sort of flavoring it. Um, but for even those threes that are like, this is me, this is what I like, if they like are that in it, I sort of wonder if it's in something that's actually not really who they are. From my experience with, with threes, I'm always surprised at how far threes can go. I, I've talked about some of the parallels between three and nine. And some of the frustrations I have with nine is just how far a nine will go along with something that they were ne never really in into to begin with. And it just seems absolutely insane just mm -hmm. how long that can that can go. Um, and I see a similar thing with threes where they can be so cut off from their real heart that they can expel a lot of energy making things happen for something that uh, I'm almost, almost convinced that this is what they've always wanted all along. It, it, it's just uh it's a much more active assertive version of what the nine is doing yeah mm -hmm. okay so the six so the little girl is like walking toward the doll she's feeling very unsteady on her feet not sure she can do it she looks up no one's paying any attention she says no one's here for me no one's here to help me make sure i can do this what do i have to do to make that make them show up for me. And what is hard to like, kind of like get your mind around. And I like, sometimes I get it. And sometimes it's elusive, even as like, I'm a six is there in the, in the way of sort of like being seen, you know, like if you truly feel seen and feel unconditional love from like in the three space, you actually shouldn't do anything, right? You shouldn't have to do anything at all. You should just be. And the three is kind of, perverting that with like, I actually have to do because I got to adapt in order to be seen. The six, it's a little bit different because what they're trying to do is actually do. You know, they're actually trying to function and identify what they want and then to have confidence uh, in their ability to get it. And what happens, I think, for the six now is what was initially super focused energy on like, how do I get to that doll or toy or whatever? And how do I put one foot in front of the other to get what I want? How I organize that and how I actually, where I put my foot and how I do it is now been kind of perverted to like, actually, how do I put my foot so that someone notices and helps me and cheers me on? Mm -hmm. The intentionality of the action Instead of it, like, I'm going, I know what I want. I'm going after what I want and I can do it. That has, that felt sense has been replaced by, do I feel supported? 
Do I feel like someone is here for me? Because that's all I care about now. That's the thing. That's now my new goal. It's not about the toy anymore. It's about getting a felt sense of being guided. Regardless of what you're trying to do in the world. Yes. When, when we were uh, first talking about this, the, you, you also used the term perverted. And, and uh, I can't remember exactly how it was, but it really struck me that, that the impulse to do or, or function, the impulse to do something independently of one's own will, gets perverted or mixed with this need to elicit that kind of support. And so anytime there is the sixes, you know, volition comes up, that suddenly gets mixed in with this early life need to elicit the support. And gets subverted. Right. Because now it's not about like, all right, I wanted that doll, but he wasn't paying any attention. Wow, what if I instead go for the cookie? Will you pay attention now? And so, and I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to give up what I wanted, what I thought I wanted, so that I can have a felt sense of being supported and guided. Right, right. This makes a lot more sense now why sixes will run wild doing a whole bunch of shit. Um, just, <laughs> just a whole bunch of crazy shit just so they can maintain the sort of connection. Maybe it's just being paid attention to. Could be anything. I guess with the, depending on the instincts, uh, we've seen some social sixes that just live off being paid attention to online, just being talked about. And I, I, this really puts into perspective how it doesn't matter what they're doing. It's like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this. And whatever it takes to get people for a social six paying attention or having people relating to them in some kind of way, even if it's negatively. Being, being on the team, they're trying to make team, a team for themselves, so to speak. Yeah, it, it feels think- like whatever support means for that six, like I'm going to do all kinds of shit, whatever it is to get it. And I think the other thing is because the guidance function shows up later um, than the nurturing function, I actually think that there's probably like a greater variety of people who are actually informing the infant or toddler's understanding of that. And so, first of all, I think this is why you get like kind of like a wider range of behavior mm-hmm. in this six because it's like whatever registered support it was it that I yelled was it that I whimpered was it that I pretended I didn't need it like you know like there's like you can get a whole big sort of wide variation in what was sort of codified and understood as the way to get people to pay attention and help you and give you a felt sense that you could function in the world. And also because it can also be like, like it's kind of a function of the specific environment that you're in, right? Like what elicits a response in a classroom in your daycare facility for the like owner to like for the babysitter or whatever to like show up and help you versus like what happens with your sibling and your mom or your dad, they're going to be very different sort of relationships. And it's going to cause a lot of kind of like inconsistency and potentially a lot of conflict in the six, because it's like, under this circumstance, this is what I did under that circumstance. That was what I did. How do I like what, like, 
what do I do here? You know, like that kind of like feeling, these impulses that really seem illogical actually have a logic to them. Different kinds of adaptations going on in different environments. Yeah. Six makes a lot more sense to me now because it, it seems like you're saying it, it seems illogical and it seems irrational, but it does have uh, it does have a logic. It's like, you know, it might seem like this person is just flailing, flailing around doing things, contradictory, self-contradictory behaviors and actions that don't seem to have any coherence, but they do. It, it's about like trying to orient to what's going to get me support and not knowing what it's going to be. And so just trying, throwing a bunch of shit at the wall to see what's going to do that. And and also to the point earlier made about, I think like we were joking at the beginning of the call about attaching and, and through, through fighting or through, mm-hmm. through being like against um, that behavior of six, where I've seen a lot of sixes uh, be consistently attached to something by being against or reactive to or or in combat with mm-hmm. um i mean that that makes more sense that those behaviors make more sense from this point of view and then the other thing that i think makes it even like a little i mean i think makes sense once you sort of understand it but like in the beginning doesn't make sense is in the same way that like the three now faces this crisis of individuation um but they've been constantly sort of adapting a sense of self they kind of settle and say, like, what I did to make her see me, that's really me. The six, like, when you think about, like, what functioning is, like, the guidance function is sort of is the mind, right? And this superego function that develops in the six, it is basically a way to maintain the lie, to, ma- to maintain um, the outer input into what I should do and how, and what's going on and how do I maintain support? Because that's been replaced, right? By like what I actually want or what I actually am capable of. All of those questions are now being like run through this channel of like, what gets me support? What makes me, what causes people to show up for me? What makes people cheer me on? Like that's, that question is now replacing what do I want in life? What do I, what do I do in life? But I can't be an, I can't be a grown up if I'm still asking that question. So I basically kind of develop a fake mind where that sort of grasping for like what creates support for me is basically sort of like, what does the world, what do I need to do in order to, for the world to show up for me? This super ego function of a bunch of shoulds. And instruction books for how to do it. Yeah. That's a replacement for your own mind. Give me yes. the instruction book for how I'm supposed to do each and everything. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's mine, that my fake mind is going to like work with my heart and my body. And this pretty intuitive mind of mine that is going to figure this out. If it gets too close, we need to keep it really, really busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we need to give it like a lot of math. Mm-hmm. A lot of puzzles. A lot of grids. <laughs> grids. A lot of like, yeah, like a lot of Excel spreadsheets, a lot of like projects to manage, like yeah. keep it busy. You know, sixers are always asking like, what should I do? It's almost like they can't separate that from what what's going to give me support. Yeah. And I think in the same way that the three 
when they realize what's going on, there's this real, or like when they start getting hints of what's going on, you know, there's this real fear that actually, if I let go of this false heart, because I've left the other heart dead for so long, there may be nothing. The sixth, our sense of what we want and what we're capable of is really not very well developed. Mm -hmm. And so we're not only are we like have a habit of, you know, I'm asking you what I should do. What I'm really asking you is what should I do so that you'll support me? I I just can't say that because that would be too embarrassing. So I'm just going to ask you, what should I, (laughs) what should I do? Like there's that. And there's also, I actually don't really know what I want and what I'm capable of because I've, I've stopped asking that question a long time ago. So that becomes a fake mind is yeah. the, the asking for, for support. Yeah. And losing touch with what I really want and what I'm capable of because all of that's now being run through a set of shoulds and manuals and outside external. Based on what support you think you'll get. That's a fucking prison right there. that's a hopeless one right there so it's like the the attachment types just aren't can't individuate it's it's a fake individuation is what's going on yes that's what i think there's a lie a a fundamental self-deception which explains why it's because the majority of people on planet earth like let's say half the people half the population is uh, attachment types or six or nine i would say majority of people are attachment types how fucking impossible it is to even conceive of what four and five are doing rejecting mm-hmm. both functions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that doesn't even make sense mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right and this is also part of the reason why i think sixes are so focused on contradiction, hypocrisy, trust, lying, like all like because they they kind of know a little bit they're doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. They feel it in themselves and so it must be happening over there too. It's also maybe this is almost tangential, but it's one reason like this brainwashing and all iterations of that is kind of a six-ish concern. So yeah. you know, like somebody's going to control my mind. It's already mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Those people it, want to control how I think. And there's a possibility mm-hmm. that they will, right? That's mm-hmm. the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A vulnerability to it. Yeah. An unspoken but sensed vulnerability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I think like some of that intensity, like it's like they're, I mean, like we're basically running like two operating systems, you know, like is hot. Like, yeah. <laughs> like in the computer like you know like there's a lot of steam that needs to be like run off um, because of that tension and i think also like a lot of the counterphobic phobic stuff gets sort of like explained by this too both in terms of the 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 fact that there's a greater variation right in terms of what um elicits support and i Mm -hmm. that's why i sort of feel like most sixes are like a combination of phobic and counterphobic. For sure. Yeah, that, makes, yeah. that makes sense. And, and, and it's depending on the, how they're understanding. Um, but I also think that some of what we call counterphobia is actually when the real mind takes over and there's a clarity about what needs to happen. And 
because the six is very good already at like, once the mind decides to do something, we're going to do it. When the real mind kind of is allowed to, to run the show, it can be very fast. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, the key overlooked gifts of six is intuition. And, you know, that it usually is like a functional intuition. Like there's a, I know what to do, or I see what, you know, see what's happening in like a, a, a larger sense of seeing. And, um, you know, like the, the counterphobic feels like a way that it's just, oh shit, like I'm like just needing to go into action to shut the mind up. But when the real mind shows up, there's a decisiveness and boldness that I think from the outside can seem counterphobic to some people, but it's got such a different flavor and quality. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes like with a six, you're like, holy fuck, like who just got home? Yeah. You know? Because it's like it's all the like, uh, 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 and then suddenly it's like, and they're just like, boom, 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 you know, like really knowing what to do and executing without all the usual shit around it. Now, I see something yeah. similar with three around identity. What I've experienced with threes is like, no one can size you up in terms of what you kind of seem like or what you represent better than a three. It's almost like how you think of yourself. Yeah, just like they can really spot that stuff. And it's kind of eerie, the ability like uh, of that they have that ability, even though they might be divorced from their real heart. But there is a, a sense that all of a sudden they have crystal clear vision on what you're about. <laughs> kind of like the, the six channeling that practical intuition all of a sudden even though they're you know going crazy all over the place most of the time it's like all of a sudden boom they got it uh and so, so threes kind of have that ability around the heart and the self-image maybe one way to say it with three yeah yeah some some kind of uh <clears throat> clear, clear sight on on self-identity self-image uh it's always interesting how and, and that's you know something that i've re recognized with that whole three thing is that um i i find it interesting because sexual types are usually useless <laughs> from in terms of uh working in companies and things like that there's not a whole lot of uh practical use for that instinct but i've noticed how sexual threes end up being able to work in a lot of branding type work, branding type marketing work, which I feel like draws on this ability to, to be able to narrow in on what is attractive to people and, and what it stands for and being able to translate that. I just, um, there's a lot of practical sense to like a practical identity in that world. Um, so I often see you know, like I find it interesting to see how some sexual threes will end up in these kind of jobs and roles that have to do with, you know, being able to work with how people view themselves. So that could be marketing design or um, graphic design that has that in a practical sense and like something like a Nike or some kind of big company could make use of. Well, and I think you said this once on a podcast before. Um, this idea of the attachment types kind of listening more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, listening, I think is like a little bit hard of a word with the three, but I think they are very, very attuned. 
Yes. And if you can imagine being a baby and having to like watch your mom to see if her eyebrow moves differently. Yep. You know, like, like that level of attention to what's resonating with another individual. Yeah. It's a little bit uncomfortable uh, dealing with threes because sometimes are more comfortable because it's not like they're not tracking you. Um, and what I feel like when I'm with threes is that every single reaction of mine is being reacted to. And especially with, um, well, with the sexual three, that's, that's like on steroids because it's like the feeling of, you know, is he, am I still interested? Like if I tell him that I was watching the show, is he going to think I'm lame? That kind of a thing, like on a micro level, it feels really sensitive. Like my reactions Mm -hmm. are a big deal. Uh, But on the, the positive side of that is that you're really being paid attention to. Um, but then the negative side of that is, is like, you know, the whole house could come crumbling down, like a reaction could really change the mood. Yeah. It just, it feels really constricted. I start to feel like what, maybe what the three feels like inside is is that there is a way that things need to fit. And if you react a certain way or this can ruin everything. Yeah. There's a real sensitivity there that I think sometimes gets overlooked because of the achievement orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and sometimes the willingness to really step on people to get, or to be, to hurt people, to get your, um, get what you want or to get your, obje- meet your objectives. But there's actually a lot of, um, awareness as to what's resonating with people and not, um, okay. I'll move to the nine. I do like, think that there's just like a missing of like how sixes do not understand themselves to be like the architects of their lives. I think this sort of like the replacement of like the questions of what do I want and what do I'm good at? What am I good at? Or what can I do? What am I capable of? To have those questions over and over again, be replaced by how do I get people to support me? There's just a real giving away, right? Mm -hmm. Of your agency in your life, because your life is now about getting others to help you get what you want, as opposed to getting, and you may change what you want just to make sure then that there's someone on the right side of there along you, helping you get it. Like that has become what I'm all about, as opposed to what do I want in my life? And I think that there's a lot of fallout from this fundamental lack of agency um, that the six has kind of conditioned him or herself to feel about themselves. I think that's a, you know, a good point. Cause something that, you know, we'll talk about of sixes and, and nines um, identifying with four is like the need there's, there's a recognition of a need to individuate and a need to be that architect or that my life is in my own hands and a kind of uh, I guess, insecurity around it. And so sometimes like the identification with four becomes a way for those types to, I don't know, explore or, or be more conscious of or somehow label that, that anxiety around needing to individuate. It's like they'll, there's like a confusion that, oh, four is trying to individuate. So I have trouble with individuation. I know I need to. And so I must be a four versus like the four thing is like, I'm already an individual. Like it already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think from like a relationship perspective, like there's so many times, like in retrospect, where like I gave way too much authority to someone 
without them even like no like like when you think about like habits like mm-hmm. and we like when we talked about like before giving up on the relationship and um the eight kind of self-sacrificing and anesthetizing themselves to hurt the six is basically saying i'll do whatever it takes like you just but you be here (laughs) (laughs) toxic shit right here man (laughs) and and i just i know and i've said it in a really extreme way and of course it's really obvious when it's happening that way but there's like a lot of very subtle times i think this is happening um that sixes are like not even aware that they're doing totally so anyway we could talk a lot more about all of that um because i think a big thing for sixes is like coming out of this victim role yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. okay so the nine like david you can like guess what i'm going to say like if the three has a fake heart and the six has a fake mind i think the nine has a fake existence a fake body (laughs) yeah yeah and so basically i think this crisis as i was talking about before for all of the attachment types of how do i sell myself a story of individuation that does not put at risk my sense of attachment. And here it's basically to like practically everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like all. So I think the nine is telling themselves a story, which is like, I actually don't have a body. And what does that mean, not having a body? Uh, I don't have an ego, really. Like I don't have, I don't have a sense of boundaries and a separate sense of self at all. Like I'm connected to everything. Like I'm actually of this world. Because I don't, I don't, have, I don't have boundaries. I'm connected to everything. Yeah. Like if you think about the nine and we can do it, like you think about the nine, like to get a sense of self, I feel seen. They're molding and adapting and trying to elicit that feeling and they'll do any, like all kinds of things. Simultaneously, as they're trying to figure out what they want in the world, they're also watching and figuring out what solicits support, what makes them feel secure. Like if that, like that is basically like, if you do that on every dimension, that's like 90% of your life. You know, you know, I mean, it's just like, that's what you're constantly doing. And the only way to make sense of that and still feel individual is to say, that's what an individual is, right? An individual is always one and connected with the other. Unity and harmony. And so then they do various things to disassociate from their real ego um, and their real sort of felt sense of self by numbing it, by keeping it busy is another form of numbing, um, checking out uh, all the things that the nine does to keep the body from waking up to its awareness of itself as a discrete being. Nine stuff always just makes me like laugh from the point of view of just like connected to all like, like, you know, given, given, I guess what we talked about earlier with four and five, like it's totally unimaginable what that (laughs) that fucking means. (laughs) Doesn't even make sense. Like the the thing about the fake body is like that, that sounds fake as fuck. Like that doesn't even (laughs) register. How are you connected to everything? David, I don't know if those that language like makes sense to you, but like it's interesting when you on both of all of the double types, you see this like weird paradox, right? Like the five, it's like the way I show up in the world is by not showing up. I, I exist in the world by not existing. And the nine is like I have an ego, I have a sense of self by not having a sense of self, yeah. like by being connected to everything. 
Yeah, it's kind of like you have the sense that you contain everything. <laughs> you yeah. are connected to everything. Um, I mean, you know, some of my nineness is colored by my, I've got seven and four fixes and I'm social last. And so I'm kind of whatever, a strange nine, but underlying, you know, there's that. And, and I think of myself as individualistic and so forth for a nine. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, but there's definitely that sense of just that I could connect to anything at any time, anybody. It's just always waiting there if I wanted it. And partly that's, as you're saying, it's, uh, it's because of the non-individuation, right? Because if, if, I, if I were more distinctly in my ego, then there would be more clear and specific, you know, impressions about everything in the sense of, this is, I kind of like that. Maybe I'll give that a 3.5, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. I kind of like where I really like that. I don't like that. You know what I mean? Everything would be, you know, you'd have a little bit better sense of the specifics of your responses to things. And I was like really struck by like when you guys were doing your like never ending nine call. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, never ending nine. Which is maybe very this nine. one. Maybe this one will tie it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we did like four or three of them. Just like, they just had endless shit to say. Like we're never getting anywhere. Because <laughs> everything we're connected to everything. Just go on forever. Yeah. But but you just saw like how closely attuned they were to people missing them. Mm. To people missing them. What do you yeah. mean? You mean like, missing them? Not getting, not missing them, like missing their presence, but like not getting what they were, like how yeah. how sensitive they were. Not not that if we weren't quite getting what they were trying to say or express. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. And the like, you don't really want to know what I want it, like what I want, like that kind. Like there's an expectation in a relationship, right? That they're not interested. That it's all about me changing around this person. Like I was thinking about it with you, Emma, when you're talking about like relationships, like the nine has been, has conditioned themselves to believe that you're not interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and like, I was thinking like, it's like, you have to like almost ask like multiple, multiple times. Mm. And um, they have so understood the articulation of a sense of self as putting relationship at risk. Right, they've never done that before. Yeah, mm. that was on. That's... That happened on the call. Just, just like I think it was Tara that was talking about how she didn't feel like it was even worth speaking up or expressing herself unless she was invited to do so multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. just listening to it and the sense of frustration that I had, like, like of, like, oh, we have to invite you over and over again to be a person. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like basically saying like what kind of pizza you want is a big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really is. If like the way you've understood relationships is like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, and like the crisis that like, I mean, there's kind of a reason we go through these things. Like when we're pre-verbal, I think, because it's like so painful that like, 
it's like circumcision or something where like, like they do it to a baby and like the baby forgets or whatever. And then like the idea that you would do it to like an adult, the adult is like no fucking way. Right. You know, like, and I, it almost, like the, it almost has that kind of quality, I think for the mm-hmm. three, six, nine, just how painful this process, I think it could be like really transformative. Like, and I think that's why there's like, actually like three, six, nines can actually move quite a bit, but it's, it's, the pain is, is, is significant. And David, I don't know if that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, well, yeah, I, I can't at the moment direct the spotlight at, my, at myself, <laughs> but he's uh, doing it right now, right now. So. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, okay, just, David, you, you can be a person. It's fine. It's fine. You can, you can yeah, but in, in, no, in general though. Yeah. There's that. That's actually part of what keeps it in place, too, I think, is because there is the sense that you could take one step um, towards some kind of individuation, and then the whole thing would just domino, right? And then you'd have to be totally separate from that whole thing. Now you actually are detached instead of attached, right? Yeah. And I think it is correct. And I think it's, you might even be referring to Riso having said that 369 can move much faster, whereas the other, but it's harder to make that move. And then, whereas the other types, it's a slower, more gradual, but they're more likely to make the the change, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. towards whatever getting out of their shit growth but yeah like yeah the, yeah the triangle types make a greater leaps yeah but it takes a lot more priming and then hex head types yeah smaller steps yep and that makes sense yeah because the other types have basically gone through the kind of like the individuation process they've just kind of done it in a fucked up way yeah and they need to you know kind of reconcile and and, and tweak it there's a word i use <clears throat> for three six nine and I mean it in a certain way, but nostalgia. So it's like a you have a nostalgia for the parental situation or whatever it is. So that's part of what's holding you back also. I mean, and I don't mean it at all like literal nostalgia, right? Because you can't quite have nostalgia for that infancy phase, right? But, I, but it's, it's something about that uh, parental environment uh and it's maybe a retro idealization of it or something um Mm -hmm. that that is again another thing that's keeping you attached Mm -hmm. into it Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's a different nostalgia is the wrong word but it's it's kind of the idea well in some ways the the one four and seven are very clearly like speaking up like you did not get it yeah the five, eight, and two are saying you didn't get it, but I agree, don't get it. Like, but the three, six, and nine, in some ways, put like a little bit like of like foggy glasses on on the wound, you know, because they've they've always they've shifted every time they get a, like a little hint of it, and so that nostalgia that you're sort of speaking about. I mean, I like, I think there's plenty of three, six, nines that can talk about, like, they don't look back and say, oh, my childhood was amazing or whatever. But right. I think the sort of like getting in touch with that fundamental miss that hasn't happened, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They haven't acknowledged that it happened. Right. Yeah. Well, damn. Fun, fun. This is one of those calls I'm going to have to, well, I'm going to get to listen to this multiple times, but this is one of those calls that really opens up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because this is some really important shit. And I feel like a lot of people, anyone who has any interest in the Enneagram, needs to hear this shit um because fuck you know just traits descriptions or whatever you like you have to understand this this is like the real guts of the types and uh you don't know what the fuck is going on until you until you hear this kind of shit yep totally and for me like it's i like have enjoyed being on the call but i also this is so six like you know, for me, like a, a a blank slate is like terrifying. Like, you know, like I need, like, and you were talking about this too, Emika, right around like threes that are like creative. Like you're like, they're always like in the mold of something. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, you know, I think that I have interesting things to say, but I often need, as I was saying, like a little pressure, like a question or like a little dialogue to get it going. Um, Just be, and maybe I should work on that. But anyway, um, it's I mean, it's just what it is. It's just uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with needing prompts for creativity. But it's just like six is recognizing that that having a framework for creativity. But it's like really fucking amazing once that gets going, like what sixes are able to do once yep. they have something mm-hmm. to work with. Yeah. So like, I don't like again, I don't I would love like a list of questions that came up from all of this. Oh, we're gonna have plenty. like no pressure or whatever. Like, I just would love to like somehow. God, Courtney uh, is so demanding. <laughs> Seriously, man. Guy. She's she's giving us the instruction book. We got, <laughs> we got homework assignments. <laughs> Taking she, charge of my life. She came in and she stabbed us in the heart and then said, "Go home, think about it, and come Do back." This. Do I this guess we got to call this podcast "Big Courtney Enneagram." <laughs> <laughs> narcissistic sixes (laughs) (laughs) but i do think that like understanding um uh like how it connects to essence and maybe like if you get really clear on essence like how does that prime you to be predisposed to a certain wound and a certain framing on the wound like i think that would be like really cool to really explore that would be an intense totally conversation big time yeah and i've done no thinking about it um right but I, and I, but I'm, I'm like, think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think like the trifix conversation where I think this is actually where you guys talked about some of this a little bit already, you know, like where your like your frustration versus rejection or your withdrawal versus aggressive or what, like those kinds of things, like getting, if you have a better handle on how the object relations work, then like, as you know, like David, you were sort of talking about how the four and the seven sort of end up changing it a little bit. And this is like, in some ways, like more language for how you can interact, how the trifixes can interact yeah. on some of these dimensions. Totally. Um, in a way that I think could be like really cool and productive. Yeah, um, I think I, one, one thing, idea that I've been working with is it, it's like looking at trifix as um, if you go into that center, it's like, okay, you are like, let's say you're core four and John's got a five fix. Like, so in the head center, he's a five. So all this stuff that we've talked about that has to do with five, that's what he is working with when he's in that center. And so um, I like looking at it in a sort of modular way, that way that all this stuff that comes with that type, you're having to deal with 
so it, it it's not your type core type but it's it's pushing your core type in that direction when it's all kind of put together um yeah. so awesome. like having five and four fixes it's like you know i'm i'm it's like adding another level of self amputation to my own course eight stuff so it really adds a lot of uh, and then and then when they stack on top of each other like you've got like in my case I've got two frustration types and then I've even got a one wing. So I've got all three frustration types mm -hmm. going against the nine in a certain way, you might say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wonder also just, I thought that Nancy's comment around, and I think I've been thinking for a long time, there's just like so much interesting, cool stuff that people like haven't done yet. Um, you know, like really kind of like asking a lot of questions to get like a sense of the four with a five wing, five with the four wing, you know, like all of mm -hmm. those wing things. Totally. Um, yeah. And using object relations, I think, I think that they're, they're just like, if you understand each type, there should be like asking certain questions, you could almost predict a different answer, right? And it would almost be like kind of fun. This is like a six, but like, it would be kind of fun to like, if you really understand the type, they, they would answer this question this way. And the other type would answer this way. True or mm -hmm. and then like test it. Yeah, it it gives a good framework for uh, what trifix or the wings. You know, like if you take a five and you add a four wing to it, what is adding all that for double uh, frustration? What does that do? What 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 does that do with to what the five already has? So opening this kind of stuff up really makes it easy to build on core type stuff in a way that um if someone really gets each of the nine types they can sort of build their own description intuitively okay cool thanks this guys nice meeting you courtney hopefully you would do this again soon that'd be fun that was good yeah cool. for me. excellent okay all right. all right later fools thanks hi that